Well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in this day and age, people might wonder exactly what does it take to be saved? What does it really mean to be a Christian? Theologians for centuries, they grappled with that very question. They came to the conclusion that they could distill the Christian faith into what is known as the Apostles' Creed. They said, you know what, if you can say the Apostles' Creed, if you can mean what is within that creed, you are a Christian. You know, we kind of want to make things simple, don't we? We want people to, to have a, a way, something that, that's easy to remember. And so the Apostles' Creed. But then, uh, of course, you know, in our day and age again, once again, people try to make things very complicated because, well, what, what's the first part? I believe in God, the Father Almighty. And as you know, as you look through the news, you see people, they want to argue with that very first statement. Now, why should God be a father, they would say? Well, God is our, our father simply because he says he is, doesn't he? Throughout the scripture, he refers to himself in that, that kind of a masculine term. He then says he is our father. Well, again, you hear people out there, voices, they're arguing, they, they want to say, oh, my dad, he was a bad man. Can't you describe God in some other terms? Why should God have to be a father? Why should he be that? Why can't he be like my uncle? God the uncle. Um, why can't we do that? And then, of course, you hear other people, they want to make God in a feminine kind of a, a form, don't they? And they say, well, why can't God be a mother? Why can't God be the mother? Well, dear friends, I have to tell you, it's because through the scripture, God reveals himself as a father. And, uh, you know, for a, a lot of people, even if somehow there's a person here today that their dad maybe wasn't that great, I would challenge you and, and say, well, as you were growing up with your dad that wasn't so great, didn't you look over maybe at little Stevie's dad or little Peggy's dad and say, you know what, if my dad could be like Steve's dad or my dad could be like Peggy's dad. You see, we had role models around us at the very least of what great fathers are like. And God is the perfect father, isn't he? God is that dad that knows everything that you're going through. He's that dad that was there with you when you skinned your knee when you were three. You know? He's that dad that knows every thought in your heart and mind. And he loves you anyway. Now, isn't that incredible? 
on your very worst day of your life, when you're hating that other person, you're about to lose your self-control or you lost your self-control completely, when you were cursing God's name even because of events that had taken place, when you were just outright angry beyond control, God still loved you anyway. No matter the thoughts within your heart and mind, he still loved you at your very worst. See, He's that kind of a father. A father that knows you. A father that continues to love you even on your worst day. He never gave up on you. He longs for you to be able to come home and be with him. You see, when God describes himself as a father, those are the very qualities that he wants us to be able to understand. During my ministry in in North Dakota, I I had a a, a kind of a, a trying uh, time at, at one point, but yet, um, you know, something that, that I share with you and something that uh, hopefully can bring joy as well as I, I, I went through a terrible time in one family's experience. You see, the, the, the wife, not yet quite 60 years old, um, she, she had suffered a stroke and, and then she went into the hospital and then she had another series of, of strokes while she was there until she was on life support. And then there was nothing that could be done. And, and you know, this was over the, the course of, of, of like two weeks. And so this family was, you know, suffering uh, through this, this traumatic situation. And it, it wasn't just, oh, you know, this thing happened and then we kind of went on. But, you know, through the course of, of two weeks, um, you know, people were hopeful and they were praying and, you know, she's going to get better and, oh, you know, it just was a a mild stroke at first and it seemed like, you know, everything should come out and instead it just kind of got worse. And eventually um, the the woman, they made the decision to take her off life support uh, because she had no brain activity. And the, the, the husband, the, the, the kids, they, they didn't want to be there, but they certainly wanted somebody to be there. And they said, oh, you know, pastor, will you, will you sit in the room with, with our, our mom, with my wife, when they take her off life support? And, and so I did. And then I, I had to be the, the one then that came down from that room in, in the hospital um, to enter the uh, waiting area and then notify the family, yes, it's been done. Uh, your mom, your, your wife, she's gone. It was a, a very you know, difficult thing for me to do uh, personally, but yet it, it kind of a, allowed me you know, an, an inner access into that, that particular family. And just how, how close they were. And just how, how much they all cared for one another. And uh, the reason I bring up that story is that it was during those e- events that 
the, the, the son who had become the, the football coach in, there in, in Hankinson, North Dakota. Now he he kind of let me know, my dad has always been there for me. Even when I was in high school, my dad never missed a game. He's the best dad ever. And so, you know, here's like a, you know, 25, 30 year old fella, you know, letting me know his dad is great. And that's the kind of dad that we're talking about here this morning. That's what our heavenly father is like. Even through the most trying and difficult circumstances, he's present. He's there. He's never too busy. He's never too tired. Even losing his life's partner, this man was able to be a comfort to his children, you see. And so our God, even in the midst of our worst circumstance, is our Father. The Father Almighty. The Father Almighty has a wonderful plan for your life. Now, yes, you know, of course, we live in a sinful world, don't we? And we have free will as well, don't we? And so the sins of other people, they can have an impact upon our lives. We talked about that before. You can be doing everything perfect. You could have went, you know, this whole week without sin. And still something bad happened. Why? Because we live in a sinful world, don't we? In this world, you will have trouble, says the Lord. But do not fear. I have overcome the world. Do not have fear. Yeah, you know, bad things are going to happen. You know, one time the apostle Paul was preaching kind of at the peak of his power and his authority and people threw rocks at him until they thought he was dead and then they just dumped his body outside of town. It wasn't because Paul messed up. It wasn't because Paul, you know, committed some, you know, hidden sin that the Bible doesn't tell us about. It's because in this world there is trouble, you see. Imagine being the, the Apostle Paul. You know, you're doing the, the Lord's work and you're preaching uh, God's word and suddenly a rock comes flying out of nowhere and hits you. Like, ow, what happened? Another rock hits you until you're unconscious. Maybe your last thought is, I'm going to die here. And then you wake up in a field and you're covered with bruises. And there, you know, there's cuts on your head. Would you maybe not consider retirement at that point, right? And the apostle Paul built a little cabin and he lived happily ever after. Maybe that's how the story would end, right? If, if it was you or I, perhaps. You know, we'd be thinking about it at least, wouldn't we? In this world, there can be trouble. In this world, sins of other people have an impact 
upon our lives. But guess what? God says he is still capable of using that to further your life. He still is capable of moving into those terrible kinds of situations and making something better again, you see. He is capable of using that that broken foundation stone, so to speak, and building still a wonderful structure. God the Father Almighty, he knows the the sins that are going to take place and he has contingency plans all along the way. But guess what? You know, we can mess those up, can't we? You know, you put me in the the Apostle Paul situation, maybe I chose to retire, and guess what? The rest of the story then is wiped out, isn't it? You and I make the decision to pull our hand out of God's hand, to walk our own way, to do our own thing, and the story gets messed up, doesn't it? And God still loves. And God still wants our hand back in his. And God still wants his story to be told through our lives. If we will but repent at those times, if we will but seek forgiveness, if we will but return to our Father, you see. God the Father Almighty. And perhaps the last point I want to make today is because of sin in this world, your Father might have asked you to do something wrong. You see, that too can happen, can't it? Because of sin within this world, we may have been in some kind of a situation where our own father, our own family, tried to entice us into sin. We all love our families, don't we? And for the most part, we're still brought up with that idea that, you know, family is central. You you never go against your family. Maybe you've heard. You watch movies in in the theater where a member of the, the family, you know, commits sin, something even atrocious as murder, and the other members cover, you know, for that person. We don't want the police to know. We don't want the neighbors to know. We got to protect our family member. Yeah, we're we're kind of, you know, in that culture still where we come to think just that way, don't we? And guess what? God says, when you become a Christian, you are to be part of a new family, you see. If by a chance you came from a family where you didn't have Christian brothers and sisters, where your mom or dad didn't believe in the Lord God, God is offering you this new relationship. Come to me, you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, he said. 
No, what really is more heavy laden than a conscience that is you know, sinking down because of sin. You know, if somehow you're, you're in a situation where a close family member has broken God's law. And they still want to, you know, be in contact with you. And you're, you're kind of under that load of, you know, what it, it's my brother, it's my, my sister. But as the word of God just said in our epistle lesson for today, bad company corrupts good morals. And there it is. What do I do? I was raised by my mom and dad to, you know, family is first. Family is so important. But, you know, my brother, my sister, they're doing this stuff. And they still want to hang around with me. And they want me to be part of their life. And they want me to engage in in the sin, you know, along with them. What do I do? And God says, come to me I am your father. You see, the wonder of the Christian experience is that God himself wants to adopt us. He wants to take us out of whatever kind of sinful lives we might be stuck in. He wants to rescue us from these kinds of relationships. He lets us know bad company corrupts good morals so that we will come to his family. Let's see. So we can escape the sins of our past. So we can get away from relationships that drag us down. So we can be part of something brand new. See? Now, if you came from a Christian home, right? If you had a Christian mom or dad, you had Christian brothers and sisters, right? You're all part of the family. Everything is wonderful, You know, mom and dad were lifelong Christians and they had you baptized when you were born and they brought you to services in God's church and, you know, you're you're all going. Right, even though your, your wife dies in some terrible way after an extended illness in the hospital, you know that she's in heaven and you're gonna be there someday as well and everything, it's wonderful, isn't it? But if you have friends and neighbors from tough situations, or if you have nieces and nephews that are going through trying times, if you just have a friend out there that's gone through the kind of worst experience that you could never talk about with anyone else, you have a powerful message, don't you? God loves you. Even though maybe you've messed up quite a lot, God still has a good plan for your life. You see, God wants you back. Even when you were getting drunk the other night and shaking your fist at heaven and cursing your name, he still wanted you. And if you will but come to him, if you will but trust him as your daddy, if you will but put your hand back in his once again, he will take you in. 
He is still your father. He wants to adopt you away from those friends, away from family members that are living in sin, out of those kinds of terrible circumstances. He wants to take you in his arms and make you part of his family to renew you, to restore you, to set your feet upon the solid rock once again. You see, dear friends, there's so much in that tiny little phrase, isn't there? I believe in God, the Father Almighty. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.